Hello Tabletop Wargamers, and welcome to Tried and True, a podcast hosted by the Delaware War Machine community. Join us as we dive deep into topics around our favorite games, exploring methods and techniques proven to enhance anyone's gaming experience. Hello everybody, and welcome to the 8th episode of Tried and True. I'm your host, Paul. I'm Erica. Dan and Andy are not going to be with us this episode. They are currently prepping for their Warfare Weekend Qualifier, the Liberty Brawl. So we'll be hanging out with them on the next episode. But we are keeping up with the theme and having our final guest on for the series. We are going to be having longtime, I guess, event coordinator Gonzo on here. So Gonzo, go ahead and take an opportunity to say hello. Hey! I am Gonzo. I am the event coordinator, program manager, and now president of Warfare Weekend. We have just moved into a nonprofit status, so I took over the role of president. That's awesome. So this is really cool because on this series, we're talking about hosting your large event. Mm -hmm. And we end up having Grant Ritchie talk about his Liberty Brawl Warfare Weekend qualifier. So we wanted to actually kind of get... I guess a little bit more insight on Warfare Weekend itself, how new players can get into the qualifiers themselves. Mm -hmm. And then if we're interested in running a Warfare Weekend qualifier, I guess like the major do's and don'ts. And let's go ahead and just get started. And Gonzo, if you don't mind, can you go ahead and just give us some some background of your experience with War Machine and Hordes? Do you actively play or did you used to play? I have played War Machine and Hordes since the first iteration when all we had were battle boxes. Mark one. I am a Mark one old school person. That's what's up, man. We, I mean, you know, we had everything was metal. Um, you know, the old school days where all we had was a battle box, and that was it. Metals are all like heavy as hell. Oh yeah, everything was like yeah really expensive back then. (laughs) Yeah, paperweights. Yeah, the old uh, Jack in a sock type mentality. You know. Oh yeah, I have a behemoth that weighs like twenty pounds in the basement. (laughs) Yeah, so that's that's where I started. Um, I started playing War Machine Hordes when that first came out. Uh, we were waiting for troops and solos. I became a press ganger right after that. Uh, I think I was like one of the first like 20, 30 type people to become a press ganger. Did press ganging up until it you know got dissolved. I actually was the press ganger that put on the best war, uh, Hordes release party. And uh, I got my entire Legion of Everblight for free from uh, the company, which... You know, that's awesome. That's just awesome, really in my cool. opinion. What uh, what faction did you play, Mark One? Uh, I played Minoth. Minoth was Ooh. my thing. Um, I played the hell out of some Minoth, and that was that was my gig at first. And I moved from Minoth uh, to I have played every single faction and owned every single faction except Circle and Crucible Guard. And right now, I'm playing Kador and. Uh, Grimkin, but Grimkin is my flavor of all time. That's that's my jam. I love the aesthetic. I love the way it plays. I love the cards. It's it's my dream that every time I go to a convention, I always ask people if they want to take free strikes against my models, uh, so I can trigger <laughs> events, you know, off the cards. Which was um, there was a convention, uh, MuseCon, and uh, it's where I got second place in one of the qualifiers. And uh, I was telling people, like, you know, do you want to take a free strike? You know, she's going to walk away. And they're like, yes. And I'm like, okay, you killed this model. All my models heal up completely. Um, You know, get that thing. And that was known at the convention of uh, never take a free strike against Gonzo. (laughs) 
I've I've had two Arcana up and around before. I uh, I actually also play Grimkin and Kador. So Kador is my War Machine faction. Grimkin mm-hmm. my Hordes. Um, so when I came back to Mark Three, um, so I was a Mark One player. Missed all of Mark Two. Came back in Three, trying to take a look at the land. I was like, oh, okay, it's a limited faction. I'll uh I'll try these guys out. They're a ton of fun. I really really enjoy playing. Grimkin. Yeah, I say I, I like I like Child and oh my gosh, what's his name? Um, the Wander, King of Nothing. No, Heretic. 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 Heretic's my favorite because yeah. I love the troop spam with him. Yeah, I'm running a Heretic Wander pairing right now. Yeah, I like I like a, a good Child and a Heretic pairing, and I like Heretic with all the buffs and just you can just hit devastating hard with him. Plus, it's nice to pull him around and do his stuff. Yeah, he's nasty with a Gorehound. They yeah. synergize very well together. So that's what I've been with War Machine and Hordes and been playing that for forever. So I'm you know, I'm almost 50 years old, so I've been playing for quite a while. It's all good. It's all good. So I got to ask you this. All right, mm-hmm. Warfare Weekend, you were a player, a press ganger. How did you end up, I guess, getting to be the guy who's organized the event? Were you just like a helper to begin with? Were you the person in charge to begin with? Like, what what's the history of Warfare Weekend like with you and it overall? Originally, to start off, it was War Machine Weekend uh, by Carl Morgan, the great creator and savior of all of us type thing. And um, he did it for about 15 years, I think is what it was. I was there for like the first War Machine Weekend and just kept on going. It kept on growing and getting bigger and bigger and bigger. And eventually it came to what it is kind of now. And uh, three years ago, he said he had to retire. And so I partnered up with someone to continue doing everything that was done uh, with it, but we had to branch out from being a strictly war machine and hordes convention to other convention, you know, other games. Is that why the name changed to Warfare Weekend? Yeah, it was a rebranding issue. War Machine Weekend. uh, War Machine is, you know, pretty much copyrighted by the company and we didn't want to step on anybody's toes or, you know, cause any flack and say, we we told them, we was like, hey, we're going to do a name change, rebranding. That way we can bring other games and companies in to, you know, keep keep the convention going uh, bring more people in. Uh, many people come in, they may play one of the smaller games we have or another game, and they see War Machine and Hordes and they do demos. So, you know, it's it's a win-win in our opinion. Gotcha. So we, we decided on Warfare Weekend. We went over like 20 different names. And so we went with Warfare Weekend to try to get, and as the fair, we kind of spell it, you know, the Renaissance fair type way to give it, you know, that type of feel. And so like all of our colors are based on Renaissance colors, purples and golds. And our little team battles that we have doing during the convention, our house wars, guild wars, what some people call them, but we call them house wars, um, happens. And so that's kind of where we go with that. That's pretty cool. So, and then you said that that you ended up helping out with the event. I guess, how did you get started with that? Oh, I uh, I called up Carl, like, Warfare Weekend 2. I said, hey, uh, I'm a press ganger. I'm willing to help you out. What can you do? And ever since then, I've been helping out with Warfare Weekend. Uh, when it was War Machine Weekend. And so, like I said, I helped him out, helped him out. And, you know, he told us, hey, I'm retiring. I can't do this anymore. My wife's going to kill me if I do it anymore. And I'm like, okay. <laughs> So I took it over, ran it for one year, and where I took over the event planning and purchasing all the products and, you know, all that stuff, you know, the dice, the t-shirts and such. Had someone else that decided to step away from it, so I invited Lynn Stahl into uh, the company. She, of course, said yes, and so she handles, like, all the painting and 
classes and painting competition that goes on because I don't know much about that. So she handles all the painting competitions and all the classes and all the people that, that work in that area. And I handle all of those stuff. And then we did something, we did the convention in 2021 and it went off really well considering that we had no, you know, positive cases. We had a really good time and it went off. I mean, we had roughly 350 to, I think we almost peaked 400 at one point during the convention in 2021 in November. And, um, and so 2022, we're going to make it a little bit bigger. We've got a lot of new things planned. Uh, we've got our nonprofit status so we can, you know, get some more cool things going that way. Cause we've had a lot of people that say that they want to help out. They were like, Hey, can I donate? And I'm like, well, if you donate, I have to tax it. And so it just becomes a hassle. And so, um, we have a lot of people that want to see the convention and just love coming to the convention. Cause it's, it's one of those conventions where people come to enjoy, to have a good time. Recently, I came back from... Adepticon and people were recognizing me, which is still kind of weird, but they were like, Hey, you're so-and-so that does this, this, and this. I'm like, yeah. And they're like, I like going to your convention. It's like Adepticon light and not serious. And I go, okay, I'll take that. (laughs) (laughs) So prior to running the convention, did, did you run any like smaller events prior to that? Or what kind of experience did you have before? Um, I ran small tournaments all the time, get together with people. It's always been my nature to, you know, do things with that, uh, run small events, do small tournaments, help people out. It's just, you know, I want to see things succeed and it's a game that I really love. Uh, I love the company and I like everything that goes along with it. And so I, you know, just try to get people busy and playing. I had one tournament, um, it's just a random tournament where you have to do random things to win. Winning your game does not give you the win. All the achievements that you get, it's called Steamroller with a twist. And so you had to get as many objectives on this list that you could as possible. And like one of them was if your Warcaster or Warlock dies, take a selfie with it saying that you're disappointed in the model and tag, you know, this company. (laughs) And you would get like 10 points, you know, or... That's funny. You know, do a trample over three or more models, you get so many points. And so it was just all different things that, you know, people could do to get it. Take a selfie with your opponent, you know, shake their hand, get points, you know, just I've done just so many different varieties and things just to get people to keep playing, get people to enjoy it and just have a good time. So Gonzo, can you go ahead and talk about like the parallels and the differences between you know, like running a small level tournament versus doing one that's like at this big, large scale. <laughs> like where are the parallels? Where are the similarities? Where are their major differences? Just so that we can kind of see like the scale. So things. the things that are similar is just getting together with all your friends and playing games and just, you know, the socializing type thing and, you know, reaching out to everybody going, hey, we're going to be doing this. This is what it is. The changes. Well, I've never had to read CDC reports and regular. <laughs> Regulate guidelines with COVID. I've never had to pay taxes. I've never had to work with federal governments, um, you know, the federal government on stuff to do. I actually have to contact and get permission to use certain things because now we've, you know, we've branched out to new games. Sometimes I have to reach out to certain companies and ask permission to use things. I actually, one year I had to reach out and they had to go through Disney slash Marvel for us to get permission to do stuff, which I thought was weird that I have to. Oh, you had to deal with the mouse. I had to deal with the mouse and you know, you don't mess with the mouse. No, I don't mess with the mouse and his mouse. <laughs> money yeah and so i mean it, it's it's like i can take my my guys and go to the store and say hey i want to run a tournament and you get together and you get a prize package and you go this is taking it to the umpteenth level of making sure taxes are paid reports are done 
I had to read CDC reports, you know, for COVID for the last few years, deal with a bomb threat at the convention whenever we decided to, and it didn't happen at the convention. Last year when we decided to make it, everybody had to be vaccinated to show up. Uh, we had someone that uh, stated that they, I was like, well, I just blow up the place. And I'm like, hey, FBI, I got something for you. And, uh, you know, contact stuff like that. So, I mean, it's things you do. It's, it's, it's completely, if you're passionate about running something and you think you've got what it can, go ahead and do it. I mean, you know, watch your budget because things cost, you know, going from no cost to 20, 30, 40, $50,000 bill is a whole different, you know, area. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so when you were talking about other games, introducing them to the weekend, how have you found the alternative formats for War Machine, such as Brawl Machine? Are you finding that's really picking up in popularity? And how does that affect your scheduling? Um, we've actually seen a decline in a lot of that. A lot of people are now wanting to just play their 50s or 75 type things. I'm a purist. I'm the same way. I'm like 75 or bust. Yeah. <laughs> But I mean, I, I could get why people would want to play 50 if they're brand new to the game. That, you know, it's just right there without having to be too confusing. But we find that uh, like alternative formats are pretty much, I wouldn't say dying, but going away because people are looking at stuff going, I would rather have the full game and its potential just at a lower point. But we do have, you know, small things that are going on like Colossal Wrestling. That is the first event that always sells out every year oh it's like a like a big base brawl kind of a thing you know uh, colossal wrestling is um wwe with colossals and gargantuans oh <laughs> oh wait i heard about this before yeah, yeah yeah what how does that work um it's just so you you choose a colossal or gargantuan you play on a little small little ring and it's usually like you know a two by two ring a squared you know uh section and you pretty much do wrestling maneuvers your colossal has its own wrestling stats and what it can do and you've got like a bidding system and a rolling system and you uh, you you pretty much wrestle with colossals and gargantuans, and it always sells out. It's one of the first things that sells out because it's such a fun thing. Uh, Jeff Bard Easterman always uh, I always ask him to run it because he's such an amazing human being. For one year, he dressed up as Randy Macho Man Savage uh, for the convention, and he stayed in character all weekend long <laughs> oh, that sounds like a blast oh and it's hilarious he's 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 such an amazing he's such an incredible human being he's so loving and so caring and he's like i says dude do you want anything for doing this is like no i enjoy doing this this is what i'm here for i'm here to make sure that these people are happy and they walk away with a lot of fun at one year we had you know first second and third prize were lucha libre masks um <laughs> And we gave a prize. You got a prize for like first, best painted, colossal, and the best entrance. So we had people walk in with their colossals like, a, you know, a WWE event with like music. And we had a guy dressed up in a suit, carrying a music, carrying a boombox, playing music. And his wife was in a real, you know, slinky dress, walking in there with a colossal and, you know, posing and stuff. And it's like... I mean, how can you not have fun with that? Yeah, that does sound like a lot of fun, actually. That sounds like so much fun. That's crazy. Um, our, the rules are online, by the way. Uh, if you, they're somewhere on our, if you go to our Facebook page, the rules are online and you can download them for free. Privateer Press gave us the uh, PDFs on that and so you can get it. And it's it's just a fun, stupid little format just to kind of break, you know, the, the going out of playing the 75-point army. But, I mean, like I said, 
we do have smaller formats and sometimes, you know, we do, we used to have what was called the young bloods where we had, you had to be a brand new player and it was played with like no time limits, no time turns. You take your old time. I remember one war machine weekend, we had 75 young bloods and we always make sure that it's not, you know, anybody trying to sneak in to play it. And I think we played from eight in the morning till I think it was midnight and we only got through like five rounds because these were people learning the game and they, and we took it slow, let them have a good time. We didn't do that last year, but you know, if we get more people, we, you know, we can do that. All right. So Gonzo, the other thing we had to ask, we, we talked to Seth, we had him on, he only had nice things to say about you. He's a liar. liar. (laughs) We love you, Seth. (laughs) (laughs) I love my Seth. He ended up telling, you know, his favorite experiences at Boker Brawl. Where it was like, you know, everybody was drunk. It was just like they didn't show up on time for the team event. It was hilarious and the Canadians won. Do you have a Warfare weekend year, a favorite memory or a couple of them? Um, There's quite a few. Most recently, and it was about, it was in 2019, all the players and a lot of people, we always do like a little social gathering. We didn't do it last year because of COVID, but we all go on the back patio and everybody brings alcohol from around everywhere. We have a guy that makes his own mead. We had, you know, the Canadians bring Canadians. And we sit on the back porch underneath heaters or all huddled up together when it's, you know, too cold for the heaters or whatever. And we smoke cigars and drink alcohol and discuss things that are not War Machine and Hordes related. Like, how is your family? What is your life? Did you finish school? You know, did you do this? You know, how, you know, how are things going? Hey, I saw that you got a new job. How do you like it? And so it's like, it's always a, a family type thing that we, you know, we, we make sure that we take care of each other, not only in the game, but outside of it. And, you know, at one point somebody, you know, couldn't make it to there. So they had to rent a car. We pitched in money to help them pay for their rental of their car because they had to drive so far. So, I mean, that's like one of my biggest memories is the family level of love that is shown at the convention, especially when it comes down to, yes, we play this game. Yes, we have a lot of fun, but how is your life doing? You know, are you okay? Do you, you need any help? Have this drink with me. Let's get shit faced, you know, <laughs> type yeah, thing. That, that's kind of like what, um, what we've been promoting here with our community. We definitely put our community and people before the game. Like that's always, yes. you know, the number one thing. Cause we, we were on Warjacks a couple weeks ago and Craig brought up a really good point where, you know, heaven forbid something happens to war machine and hordes, it goes away. Our community will not, will not go away. It won't die. We'll just, correct you know, find something else to do together. Find another game. But yeah. And that's, and that's, that's my big take that I always take it back every year is I get to see people I only get to see maybe once a year. And I mean, we're, of course, we're all friends on Facebook, but there's a difference between being friends on Facebook and seeing someone and asking, getting a hug, you know, how are you actually doing that face-to-face, which has been, you know, missed in quite a while because, you know, COVID. Yeah, absolutely. So Gonzo, why would you say that the Warfare Weekend is such a big deal? Is it like a big bragging rights thing? Is it the best, the best, you know, locking horns on this field of battle. Uh, what's the uh, what's the biz? Um, well, we need to separate something. Warfare Weekend is not just the Invitational, and it is a collaboration of many games where we all share our passion for gaming, tabletop, role playing, painting, hobbying, and so that's a real big deal to me. Um, one of my bragging rights is we're actually very 
uh, affordable type thing. And so it's very affordable because we don't charge for individual games. We just charge an entry fee and you can play whatever you want. Classes are a different story, but that's kind of my big deal is having to make it accessible already. Now the bragging rights for the Invitational, that's a whole different story. Uh, every year we do the Invitational and we get it running. And uh, right before it happens, I pull everybody that's qualified into a chat. And it's fun to hear them talk to each other nonstop. And, you know, they'll they'll make side bets on stupid stuff type things. And so, and, and, it's, and it's a, you know, we do give everybody that makes it into the Invitational, they do get a challenge coin as part of them saying, hey, you made it. Congratulations. And so that's kind of like, you know, a, a bragging rights if you want to go there that, only you and a few other people have those coins. So you get to use them as your feet token or whatever you want to use them as. And, and it's really nice to see the most competitive nature, most friendly competitive nature, which people need to understand because usually things get found out and broken at Warfare Weekend. I don't know if anybody remembers the Chris Davies moment where he brought, uh, you know, Karchev and the, you know... Oh, it's like the Growlers the, or whatever it was? Uh, it was... Mad uh, Dogs, Mad Dogs. Oh, yeah. yeah. The, Mad Dog Spam. Mad dogs. And immediately after that, they were like, oh, we need to fix this. And, you know, shortly Privateer Press is like, okay, we see this problem. And that happened just last year. They found a problem where we were working on stuff and someone was like, uh, they were watching it and they were like, oh, that rule needs to be fixed because I can see that's, you know, it's a negative play experience. And so it got fixed after that. So, I mean, it's kind of a bragging rights that we get to find the broken stuff and they get to fix it. <laughs> <laughs> that's pretty cool. Well, I guess with that, you mentioned earlier about your young bloods, right? About mm -hmm. your newer players. I guess some players like listening to the podcast may not have known about Warfare Weekend and maybe they're like hungry to you know, try to go into this, like, you know, invitational. Mm -hmm. I guess, how do you tell the players how they get to attend the invitational? Okay, if you're going to attend the invitational, you have to actually qualify or win a spot with the last chance qualifier. If you, so the whole purpose is you attend events that are listed as qualifiers. You become in the top eight of that and you earn points. Depending how many people are in that tournament depends on how many points you get. You have to at least score in the top eight in two events to do me considered. If you do that, usually you're on the list, but we take the top three scores to find out who the top 26 is to be invited. And so the top, so the more events you go to, the higher, bigger events you go to, the more points you get, but we take the top three scores. So you could place top eight and probably 15 events, but we only take your top three points to do that. And if you're one of the top 26 players, you're immediately invited and get to play in the Invitational. But we, and of course, if you're the winner last year, you get your spot. But uh, we have what's called the Last Chance Qualifier. And you play in that, and it's usually a two-day event. And we take the top five players in that now. It used to be the top one, but we decided to do the top five. That way people can play a bit more and get more in. And someone that goes, you know, three and one or X and one, has a shot to get in to the Invitational. That's and also it helps, answer. well, it also helps because some people can't travel a lot. So scoring in the top five, if you're a really good player, but you haven't had a chance to go to all these events, is a good chance for you to get, you know, in that type of competitive nature. 
Oh, that's awesome. Makes it much more um, uh, accessible. Correct. That, that was actually a change. We listen to all of our players as much as we can. Some things we agree with, some names we're like, uh, no, we can't do that. And that was one of the things that they said was, well, why don't you do like the top five? That way, if anybody's X and one, they have a chance instead of just doing one person. Plus, a lot of people are not ready and prepared to play six rounds of War Machine in one day. Our bodies are not accustomed to doing that just yet. I mean, I always like think back to the meme. What is it? It's like the uh, the Squid Games, where it's like mm-hmm. the guy in like the day one, and she's like rocking in the corner. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> Many people found out that they are not physically fit enough to play more than three rounds of War Machine and Hordes at our, our event because they haven't done that in two years. I mean, I think like anybody's first steamroller is is almost a wake up call. Four round events, like I tell you what, like after my third round, I'm I'm burned out. Like I I don't want to play a fourth game. Yeah. There and that's that's kind of what's to it. Cause I mean, if you think about it, we at one point we had hundred and twenty players in the last chance qualifier and they dropped it down to one individual person. So break it down by how many people, how many rounds that was. That's, you know, that's a big thing. So now we dropped it down to the top five. One, it lets everybody get a little bit more breather. And it also lets people that can't drive or fly or go to all these different events have a chance, a better chance than just being the top one player. And then for these players that end up going to these qualifier events, how should they prepare for it? Is it just like any other steamroller or should they go there with like a little bit more of an understanding that this is know a a higher caliber of players to go up lots of energy drinks (laughs) lots of energy drinks and positive energy a lot of positive energy people should be uh if anybody everybody should be you know very accepting and you know wanting people to play because this is a game overall if someone's going to a qualifier yes they're probably going to go up against people that are been playing forever but uh go in playing it that it's just a normal steamroller Go and learn. Go and figure out. Um, this year was our first year someone decided to do a 50-point steamroller. I actually wanted to ask you about that. Yeah. Because you normally have these qualifiers at 75-point events. How does that work with a 50-point event? Does the point values like work the same like for your top eight, or, or how does yeah. that go? Uh, so... Per our rules, all you have to do is run a steamroller packet. Um, and the steamroller packet doesn't tell you what points to play at. I think it's only supposed to be like 50 and 75, am I right? It, you could play, there's a 125 point format out there where you play two Warcasters. The thing is, is everybody plays at 75 and that's the standard. But if you've got a brand new meta and you've got a lot of people that don't have all the models and don't have enough for 75 points, why wouldn't you want to do a 50 point? Make it accessible to everybody. Everybody should get a chance to play. Even if you get, you know, do it, you're going to go and do it. The amount of points you earn doesn't change on how, what point value you're playing at. The amount of points you earn is based on how many people show up. So if I, if, a, if, I, if I'm a TO and I look at it and go, I can do a 75 point and only have 15 people show up. Okay. But I could do a 50 point and I can have 50 people show up. Why wouldn't I do a 50 point? Because that's going to be more points for whoever ends up winning that event. Correct. Well, and on top of that, you're going to have more people into your store. You're going to have more foot traffic. You know, why not make it more accessible? As long as it's run as a steamroller, it doesn't matter how many points. I'd love to see a 125 point, right? You know, that, that would freak me out if I saw someone do like a 120, 120 point, you know, steamroller. Oh, man, that's like what four, four arcanas at that point? Well, yeah, and you do when uh, you do two Warcasters. And you can double feet. Yeah, it's pretty crazy. (laughs) 
So how did this system ever come up with people running the qualifiers? Like when they created the original Invitational, was it the goal in mind to have people run these qualifiers? And did that make the job easier overall or harder because you have to coordinate with all these other people? Um, well, so originally it was done and this is we've had to move to a different system. Originally, it was 30 events were qualifiers and they were invitationals. And whoever won that got the invitational spot. So there was no point type thing. And so, you know, you would play it and we the problem we were having, and you had other people that had events that were coming in and I was like, oh, I want to play, but I don't get an invitational. I get what's called a wild card. And that's where you earn points. Uh, and you earn points in all of them. But in the original packet, 30 events got an invitational spot. And so you were guaranteed a spot in the invitational. As the years went on, we found that more and more people, they would earn the spot like at LVO, but life happened and they couldn't do it. So they had to drop out. And so they got, you know, another one and went down the line. And then eventually we stopped getting people wanting to do wild cards because they're like, I'm not going to do an event unless I get an invitational spot because no one's going to come to my wild card event. So we scrapped that idea and uh, I stole the idea. If anybody knows, I stole it from Kings of War. They do pretty much the similar type thing uh, format. And pretty much now every event is a wild card technically and everybody has a chance and it provides more things. And we don't have to be exclusive to, well, Gen Con, LVO, all these big names get invitationals and you have to take this small little wild card because eventually people are just going to not going to do a wild card. They're like, why would I do it? Because nobody's going to show up to my event. if They know it's not an invitational spot. So we opened it up and broadened it to the current system. And this way, everybody and anybody can. And we did it. You could do it more than once. It used to be you could only run one invitational and one wild card. So now you could come up and go, all right, in January, I'm going to run a qualifier and do it in January. And if you get 25 people, cool. And then so many months later, three months later, you can run another invitational. Three months after that, you can run another another qualifier. Uh, you have to just put in for it and you know, get approved. But this way you can have more people coming instead of one event one time a year. So you get more people coming in and playing all the time. And so we made it a little bit more accessible for everybody and smaller stores. Because I'll tell you, a store loves when foot traffic comes in. Because even if you come in, sometimes you're walking out with something and you didn't even want to walk out with something. <laughs> So we wanted to make it where everybody felt that they could do this and everybody could participate and everybody could have fun and you could do it more than once a year. Promotes people traveling. I miss traveling to, you know, store events and playing with a bunch of people. I mean, and y'all have got a great meta around that area of ton of people that can play. And, you know, traveling four hours to an event, I would do in a heartbeat. Now, we actually have uh, some uh, people that are doing like the three or four hour traveling uh, mm -hmm. just to our steamroller that we have uh, actually scheduled for tomorrow. Yeah, so. tomorrow's going to be crazy. Yeah. Good. Like, really I, mean, I think it's going to be the first time we're having like a 16 person event in our store. It's like really yeah, exciting. We even have a, a, a player who's on one of the world's teams that's coming to mm -hmm. play tomorrow. So we're Good. really excited. Yeah, we're we're. I'm looking forward to it. And the thing is, and that's what it is. When you really think about it, when we play War Machine and Hordes, yes, we all want to win. Yes, we want to get the big prize. But you really want you what you want to do is get together people with like minds, see what cool list they've got, play your cool list, and just have a good time with people. 
I mean, that's, you know, pretty much what it really comes down to. Yeah. So uh, we've kind of noticed that too with our group that uh, we're having so much fun meeting new people and sharing this game with, Mm -hmm. you know, people that haven't had either a lot of experience with wargaming or are familiar with privateer press games. And that's just, it's just been phenomenal. It's, It's the energy in the store is really good. The energy at like our open plays and even our tournaments, it's just, it's not so cutthroat, competitive or rough. It's just we're all sitting around a table playing a game together and just enjoying it, enjoying everything, the models, yeah, the people. That's... It's it's great. It's great. I love it. Yeah, and, that, and that's what it should be. Like I said, of course, you can always want to be – people want to be competitive and get that first place. But when it comes down to it, we're here to play with little metal dolls. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. I am taking that. Oh, I am taking that. Yeah, I mean, we're pushing little metal miniatures across the board. And I used to, a couple of people used to give me crap because I would make sound effects when I play. And I'd be like, you know, someone rolled a hit and I go like, he dodges and I'll like dodge at the table. And they're like, you're weird, Gonzo. And I'm like, yes, I am. And I'm having a blast doing it. <laughs> you know, like he shoots, he misses, dang it. And, you know, go on. You're, I mean, you can be super competitive. You can be, you know, you want to win, you want to be the top player in the world, but you can still have a ton of fun and you can still educate people too. Plenty of times, you know, I've got against, I went against, uh, in was Adepticon. I went against this guy and I was playing Kador rocket spam when it first came out. And so I had, you know, 27 million, you know, rockets and Vlad on the table on there. And the guy looks at me and he goes, I'm going to get beat. Right. And I says, well, do you want to do this as a learning game? Do you want me to help you and walk you through some stuff and figure this out? And he goes, I do, but I don't want you to coddle me and, you know, throw the game. I'm like, okay. So I'll just describe as going. And, you know, when we were done, I had walked up to the table to turn in our results. And, you know, I had tabled him to the man. And, you know, Hungerford was at the time and he was like, Gonzo, where is he? He's like right here. And the guy had a big smile on his face. He's like, no, we had the most amazing game. And he taught me so much and I got my butt handed to me and I will do that again because that was the most fun game I had losing. And I go, that's what we need to do. We need to cherish those moments we have with these people because you don't, you don't want to beat somebody that they quit, but you, a lot of people don't want to play and, you know, have the game handed to them either. You, you got to find that fine line to helping and having fun. We've had that same conversation like internally when we would go mm-hmm. off and do these open plays in different metas. Like Maryland was one that was just like getting started when we were kind of like established and we went to there like what kind of games are they interested in? And, and you're absolutely right. It's you can't just coddle your players, but you don't want to just completely table them. And, and also just having that dialogue ahead of time, because that one negative experience, you know, they may not come back from that. Yeah. And, that's, and, and anytime I play someone new, I go, anybody knew I was like, Hey, how long have you been playing? I, we, it's that social contract that you should have with a player when you get to the table. Hey, my name's Gonzo. How long have you been playing? What are you doing? Do you have any questions about my list? You know, that type of thing. And if it's at a store and it's not a tournament and stuff, I was like, you know, would you like some help? Do you have any, you know, whatever, you know, build that relationship because if you're going to be a jerk to somebody and kick them off the table, you're not good for the community. We need new players. And so seeing, you know, the forums light up or the Facebook pages light up again with people buying new stuff, I'm like I'm super excited because I'm like, please come to Warfare Weekend so we can play and you can have a good time. Yeah, it feels like there's, yeah, it feels like that there's a real renaissance with this game going on right now. Mm-hmm. So I don't know if it's between the dynamic update from last year or... Um, you know, just the positive energy going on right now. It's War Machine's in a good place. It, it is. I mean, people were saying the problem with War Machine and Hordes 
And it's not even a problem is that we're so used to always going to tournaments that we keep on forgetting that we can go to each other's house and play. Mm-hmm. Or we can go, you know, or we can get together with our friends. But of course, COVID put kind of a nip on that too. You know, I wouldn't go over to my friend's house. I love him too much and I know he can't get the vaccine, so I'm not going to kill him, you know, type thing. Right. So, you know, you had to go with that type of aspect. But for the most part, it's, you know, just get together and play games. Gotcha. Well, Gonzo, I wanted to just ask, and and I'm going to go back into this running the Warfare Weekend qualifiers because mm-hmm. we're talking in- internally. We're we're designing this event, the Susquehanna Scuffle. It's starting off as just a team event between our store and you know Maryland's Critical Hit Game Store, mm-hmm. and you know, we're talking about if we wanted to go do a Warfare Weekend qualifier. What would be the steps for us to go do? If we, not this year, probably, but if we want to do for like 2023. Why not do one this year? <laughs> we don't know what we're doing, Gonzo. <laughs> All right, I'm, I'm going to tell you how to do this. <laughs> Being honest. All right, here you go. Go on there, sign up on the Google form. All we got to do is sign up, choose a date that you're going to do it. And I would definitely choose it, you know, a few months in advance. Look at the sheet of all the qualifiers and see if there's anybody around you on a date that you want to do. Okay. So, you know, you, you don't want to conflict with somebody that's having a, a large qualifier, you know, three hours away type thing. You just want to have, you know, a space where it is. Sign up for it. We approve it or disapprove it because you got to follow some rules. There's basic ones like you need to have, you know, what your event's going to be, how many points, you know, if you're going to have any, you know, type of extraordinary rules, like you have your, your list put in at a certain time or whatever. And those have to be published like two weeks before the event. Uh, they can't change. Okay. And that's that way, that way people that are like flying in or driving in are prepared. You don't want to show up and say, hey, you know, I prepared for a 75 point, but when you show up, it's a 50 point event. You know what I'm saying? So you just want to make sure you stick to it. So for our store, uh, our store is a little bit on the small side. We can really only have a max of 16 people. Is there a minimum amount of players? Nope. nope. I've had an eight man go before. I've seen I've seen an eight man tournament and we've got rules for people that go below 15 points on how those points are distributed. Uh, and all it is is the maximum amount of players is the maximum amount of points first player can have if it's under 16. I was wondering what uh, the calculations were. I forget what. I think I was maybe looking on your website. And um, mm-hmm. I, I guess, does that Google Sheet break down the point cal- calculations? Uh, the point, the, the Google Sheet doesn't. The Google Sheet, um, if you uh, look on there, there is like the rules. Uh, and you can go through the rules. And pretty much all you got to do is run a steamroller. That's what I was going to ask because it just seems like it's just nothing more than a steamroller with a couple of extra steps that were put into it. Yeah. Um, I mean, if you look on uh, the website, pretty much just a steamroller. We just make sure that you, you know, you can't do – because at one point we had people that were doing an invitational. And this is the reason why we also jumped to the new system. They would hold secret qualifying events to qualify for their invitational. And they held them throughout the year. And I'm like, that's not really nice, guys. And so people weren't able to get into the qualifying, the qualifying invitational. And so we don't do that. Now, if you were to do all the events on one weekend, like at a convention, that's fine because everybody's there for that. But pretty much it is a steamroller. That's all it is. If you can run a steamroller, you can run an invitational or a qualifier, I should say. And I'm asking this is that what happens if the event's like a bus? Like, let's say we try to do the qualifier. We try to run into the store, but like something crazy happens. Do you like, do you give us another opportunity? Do we have to of wait course. three months? Of course. We don't, I mean, everything, life happens. There is no reason not to stop anybody. Now, I mean, if, if you, I will say this, that if you decide to, and I'm not saying you in particular, but if someone says we ran an event and 
we said it was going to be a 75 points and the day of we went to 50 and we banned certain lists and banned certain people and went against the steamroller packet. Yeah, we would need to have a talk and see why it happened because that's not what it's about. It's supposed to be choose a point value, play the steamroller, any variance if you're going to do like a final table or time turns or, you know, whatever that you wanted to do based off the steamroller. You do that. But I mean, if it's like we just didn't have a lot of people show up, I'm like, that's okay. We all have bad events. We all have, you know, times that, you know, things just happen and life happens. I mean, it's one thing COVID should have taught us. We need to forgive and forget on stuff like this. And some people are still just not comfortable going out. Sure. So how about for a sign up? So what our group does is we use Google Forms or um, Paul will post on Facebook for signups for our steamrollers. Are there other websites or programs that you would suggest that would be more official or uh, more effective? Never give an official. You do whatever you feel is comfortable and it will benefit you the most to get people to sign up. If it's a Google form, if it's just people, you know, calling the store and setting up and, you know, prepaying for the event. If it's doing, you know, PayPal, whatever. You do whatever makes it easier for you. Uh, some people use like Best Coast pairings to help out. You know, whatever makes it easier for you. It doesn't have to be. I mean, of course, like large conventions, that's, you know, that's a whole different story because they have their own software to do that. But whatever makes it easier for you, just you know, there's like, you know, when you set up like a Facebook event and you set up, this is our qualifier. This is what we're doing. Uh, we've been, we've been approved. Here's our date. Here's, you know, the, all the logistics, you know, that we're doing, you know, 75 points, so on and so forth. And you're letting it go. And then you just, you know, go for it. Okay. That's like really cool. I mean, I mean, we, we do the steamrollers successfully at alternate universes. I mean, this might actually be something we can talk about internally. Just turn one of our steamrollers. How many people do you get usually? I mean, it's just been growing every single time. It, we, yeah, it gets bigger every event that we have. It's growing exponentially. We have to good. turn people away, yeah, because we have too yeah. many people. We don't have enough tables. <laughs> <laughs> but that, that's a good thing to have. Um, so, yeah, I mean, all it is is you're, you're technically running just a steamroller. We just make sure that you run a steamroller the way it's supposed to be run, and you announce it early in advance so that people, you know, don't, like I said, don't show up, you know, expecting a 75-point and you know it's a 50 point and you don't change it i guess like how how advanced are we talking like a month advance is that too short like two or three uh we have a minimum of two weeks time okay so that's the minimum time you can get an event because that gives you plenty of time time to promote it and plenty of time for people i just approved and put up an event that is like like two and a half weeks before the event it fell within the within the parameters of the packet. They posted it. They've already said they got it, and they started promoting it. And it happens in uh, like seventeen days. That's really cool. I mean, I, all it is is a Google form. I get a message. I look at it, going, "Oh, someone put it in for an event." I go and check it, uh, prove it, deny it. Talking with uh, committee members, and most of the time, we're all just like, "Yeah, are they following the rules? Did they say they follow the rules?" And then you know, because if anything happens that's outside of it, we hear about it. And very rarely does that happen. Now, this has been really informative. Like I said, going into this, uh, with you know, Paul invited me on the interview with, with you both. I really went into it. Not I wasn't very knowledgeable about the whole thing or the process. So, yeah, thank you so much for, for sharing your time and coming oh, on anytime. and explaining everything. <laughs> uh, it's, it's, that's what I love. I love to talk anyway. I mean, it, it's Warfare Weekend is a ton of fun. And if you're not a competitive player, we have plenty of things to do for people that are not competitive players. Yeah, I want to go. 
But my husband <laughs> just got back out. up here. I want to go. Yeah, I want to hang. Oh, we, we have a... I mean, they're like... Usually we have scrambles run nonstop. I think we had like 64 people playing in the scramble. So, you know, all those eight man pods, we had a total of like 80 at one point. And last year we had zero scrambles go off because everybody was out socializing and hanging out and just playing random games and just having a good time. And we're like, don't care. You came in, you bought your ticket. You want to do, you can do whatever you time, whatever you want with your time while you're here. <laughs> and like, that's what we want. We want people to come and play and socialize and have a good time and say that they had a good time and come back. <laughs> well, Gonzo, we're, we're getting to the end of the episode. Did you have any closing remarks or final thoughts or advice you'd like to share to the players that are interested in going to their first qualifier or those community leaders that are interested in running their first? Do it. I'm going to tell you right now, just do it. There's always been this talk, you know, that the PGs are gone and it, you know, folded the entire community. Your PGs are out there. I'm a PG. There's there's a ton of PGs. I, we we never stopped running events. We just don't get you know compensated for it. And if you're not going to run an event because you're not going to get compensated for it, then you're doing it for the wrong reasons. So it's up to you to go out and build up and do your things and have a good time. Y'all are doing really good. I mean, you're telling me you're you might have to turn people away from an event. Uh, that's it, it's good and bad news. It's good news because you're getting more people. You know, it's bad because you may have to find another place to you know host a tournament but yeah we've discussed we've discussed that recently looking into our summer steamroller that we may have to look at a, a different location just because we want we want more people yeah that is, but that's a good problem to have people are going to look to other people that are running stuff people always ask me you know run this run that i'm like okay 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 and, you know and it's, i'll do it because i like people having fun and doing fun things and then coming to me and saying, Hey, I had a really big blast. I'm going to do this again next year. I'm like, good. My job is done. That's what it is. So keep on, keep on running your events. Keep on having a good time. Keep on doing all the cool stuff. Go out and do it. Do it. (laughs) (laughs) Gonzo, thank you again for coming on to this episode. And I guess with that, that gets us to the end. Unless Erica, did you have anything else that you want to say? Yeah, Gonzo, just thanks again for sharing your time with us tonight and your knowledge. It's, uh, you know, uh, between you and Seth, this is, I've learned a whole lot. And I don't um, know this Seth guy. I'm going to have to talk to him. So yeah, just yeah, just thank you again. And I, you know, I think for for our community and our group, this is a long term goal that eventually we want to host. You know, a, a kick ass war machine and other game weekend like that you guys are doing. Go for it, I mean, You are always welcome. Anybody is always welcome to send me a message, friend me on Facebook. You know, ask me questions. I I will share all bit of my knowledge free. I don't do anything. You got questions? I'll answer it. I mean, how do I do stuff? I mean, people were like. How do I get Privateer Press to send me a prize product? Send them an email. You just send them stuff. Oh, yeah. Privateer Press, is, they've been great for helping us out. And I'm, yeah. I'm surprised that not a lot of people reach out, you know? And, and well, they, you know, they ask about the support. I'm like, just email them. Yeah, I've they've, yeah. had, like, positive interactions with yeah, them. Yeah, they've gone way above our expectations with supporting our events. Well, I, and I think that's because they're used to other companies not. You know, other companies, you'll ask them for price support, and they're like, no. Or, you know, they just ignore it. Privateer Press is very much into, you know, helping grow and, you know, that mentality of, we know you're the reason why we keep to keep our job. Like, here's some cool stuff. I mean, I emailed them, and, you know, everybody's like, well, you're gonzo. You run Warfare Weekend. They'll give you anything you want. I says, all you gotta do is ask them. And people are like, I, I, emailed them and they sent me, you know, a box full of cool stuff to give away. I'm like, that's all you got to do. I mean, they, they're really good people. 
All right. Well, yeah, just, yeah, just thanks again. And I mean, that that's really <laughs> all I have. Paul. Yeah. Gonzo, thank you again. And with that on our next episode, we're going to have the gang all together. It's going to be Erica, Dan, Andy, and I, we're going to go debrief Liberty Brawl, see how it went. And I guess discuss if we want to go host our first Warfare Weekend Fall Fair event. I'm feeling motivated. <laughs> Super it. motivated. <laughs> so from all of us here at Trider 2, we want to thank you for listening. We'll catch you on the next podcast. Thank you. Bye. Later.